Mountain. Hi, Joni. Happy Corpus Christi in some parts of the world. Yeah, in some parts of the world. Happy Thursday. Happy Catholic Traveler Podcast Thursday, listeners. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. It's been a week. It has been I guess a we week. can't say that every time. We've said that no, every time now. Yeah. But they're like, of course it's been a week. What, but what are we it's been a busy week for you because your parents are there. Yep. It hasn't actually been that busy. We've just been looking at each other a lot. Yeah. We haven't done too good. much. Just relaxing. Yeah, it's been nice. Good. Good. Yep. So. so <laughs> yeah, it's not Corpus Christi here. It's Corpus Christi in the traditional church. Yes. Here. And in the Vatican. Is Did it? they change that? Well, it was a few years ago, but Pope Francis might have changed it. I don't know. Like, I thought that the Corpus Christi Mass was today, but the bells didn't ring, like the big oh. bells. And yeah. then the Pope has Mass for Corpus Christi Sunday, Sunday evening. Hmm. That's interesting, because 20 years ago, I well, I've been in Rome a few times for Corpus Christi, but the first time I was in Rome for Corpus Christi was 20 years ago, and we went to John Lateran on Thursday evening, and John Paul II had Mass outside the Basilica on the steps. It was really beautiful. And then processed with the Eucharist down to Mary Major. And that was on Thursday evening. Yeah, so, that's really pretty. I went to that with Benedict um, a while back. It was uh, I brought Amelia to Rome, um, a daddy-daughter trip. And we were oh, actually nice. going to Paris and because I had to do some recon work for a group. And I was like, well, if we're going to France, we may as well go to Rome. So we went to Rome. We were here for, I think, two nights. Um, and I don't even know if I realized it was Corpus Christi, but we got here and I was like, oh, it's Corpus Christi. Let's go see the Pope. And so yeah. because I had a cute kid and we didn't have tickets, we ended up in the front row for the Mass. <laughs> Isn't so, that funny the way that works? <laughs> yeah, it was outside St. John Lateran. And we actually skipped the procession because it was the day we arrived oh. Oh, and yeah. she was what, like six or seven. Yeah. So we had to eat. So we went to Abruzzi and had dinner. Oh, nice. The procession's beautiful. So John Paul II brought it back, this idea of the, um, the Eucharistic procession. And we'll talk about why Corpus Christi is traditionally celebrated on Thursday in a minute. But um, but John Paul II brought it back. And for a long time, he actually would process with the Eucharist from John Lateran to Mary Major. And they built kind of a altar and a pray do like a kneeler on the back of a pickup truck and so the pope would kneel in adoration and the pickup truck would drive down the street to mary major uh, for benediction and everybody would follow behind and it was just stunning i got to participate in it twice and it was just stunning to follow behind the eucharist and the way the eucharist was raised up on this altar we could all see it and there's thousands of people in procession and just a really fitting celebration for the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ. Yeah, so. I really wanted to do that after we moved over. I was looking forward to it, but Francis canceled it. Yeah. So now, the first year he just kind of went over to Mary Major and did benediction. I think he didn't, or maybe the second year he didn't walk himself. Um, and now they don't do it. I don't. Yeah. Now he goes usually to other towns nearby yeah. or other parts of yeah. Rome to celebrate. I don't know. But maybe one beautiful. day it'll come back. Yeah. It's really, it's probably one of my favorite 
memories of a liturgical event in Rome. Um, but the Feast of Corpus Christi was actually, it dates back to the 13th century. Um, and so many people might be familiar with a Eucharistic miracle story that we will tell in a minute, because both Mountain and I have been to the the cathedral that's built over um, the relic of the Eucharistic miracle. But the story actually goes a little farther back than the Eucharistic miracle. And it goes to the 1220s when a religious sister was having a vision, a repeated vision of a full moon and the full moon had a dark spot on it. And she was told in the, this vision that this represented the liturgical calendar and that the liturgical calendar was missing a feast. And that feast was a feast to honor the Eucharist. Um, we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist on Holy Thursday, but that's kind of a somber time. That's, you know, we're about to enter into the Triduum. And so Juliana, the, the sister, got this vision and was told that we're missing a feast to really celebrate with all the pomp and circumstance, the great feast of the Eucharist. And so she had this vision repeatedly, but what was she going to do about it? She was just this nun. Um, and then 20 years later, she actually was the, the, you know, the abbess of her community. And she told the bishop and the bishop's friend, the archdeacon, Jacques Pontelion, um, <laughs> and she told him about this. And the bishop's like, well, that sounds great. And so he started celebrating it locally. And that was in 1246. Um, so she told the bishop and the archdeacon, and they started celebrating it there in Liege, um, but nothing else really happened for a little bit. And then in 1263, a priest was traveling to Rome on pilgrimage because he doubted the real presence. Yeah, Peter from Prague. And he stopped in Balsena, which is, for those of the been to Orvieto, uh, it's not far. Orvieto is high on a hill. Balsena is by a lake down below. So he was in town there, and he was celebrating the Mass, and during the Mass, the host started to bleed. And, oh, did we already, we didn't say, he was already having some doubts. So yeah, that's, he went on pilgrimage because he doubted, yes, yeah. And he wanted to renew his faith. Right. So he wasn't like doubting and wanted to be a doubter. He wanted, right. he wanted something. Um, so we had this doubting Peter from Prague on pilgrimage to Rome to renew his faith. And while he was in Balsena, during the elevation, the host started to bleed, and it bled on the corporal, the cloth on the altar. And he took it to the nearby town of Orvieto because that's where the Pope was staying. That was like the Pope's residence, summer residence maybe. Um, and yeah, so that's how it ended up in Orvieto. It took the cloth there, and it was declared a miracle like right away. It didn't waste yeah. any time with that. Urban the fourth was like, hey, let's, you know, have a big procession. They had this big procession. Um, Urban the fourth actually had Thomas Aquinas uh, write the liturgical texts for the feast. And so that's where we get St. Thomas Aquinas's famous Panis Angelicus and the Pange Lingua and the Tantum Ergo and all the, the songs that we sing at Adoration. Those were all composed for this feast day for the liturgy. And um, so per Pope Urban IV was like, immediately was like, yeah, this is amazing. This is a miracle. Um, so the, the corporal was put in the cathedral at Orvieto. Um, so most people don't even go to Bolsena where the right. miracle happened. They just go to Orvieto. But to make, like, bring our story full circle, James Pontelion was Pope Urban IV. So Pope Urban IV was like, hey, this sister had this vision 20 years ago, 
and was said that there was a feast missing and the Pope you know, of Liege celebrated it. And so then in 1264, he was like, let's make this a universal feast. Um, and so from a vision in the 1220s, we get a universal feast, 1264. And now we celebrate it. Traditionally, it was celebrated then on Thursday because Thursday was the feast, was the day of the institution of the Eucharist. So traditionally, it was the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. Um, but in most places now, it's been moved to Sunday. Yeah, I really, you mentioned that Thomas Aquinas uh, wrote the hymns, and I love the story that the Pope actually went to Thomas Aquinas and uh, now St. Bonaventure, and yeah. he's, it was basically a competition, like who could write the best. And just by chance, Thomas Aquinas went first reading what he had written, and while he was reading everything, Bonaventure was like, oh. That's really good. So he tore his up and just <laughs> threw it away. And so when it was his yeah. turn, he admitted like, like his was garbage compared to this. So I love that yeah. story. They're a really fun. Um, they're two saints that are really fun. You know, they had a really good relationship. Um, and because they were contemporaries and they were in different religious orders, but they, yeah, they respected each other. There's some really great stories about Aquinas and Bonaventure, like just, you know, having respect for each other's gifts and holiness. So that's a great story. Yeah. So, so you can still go to Orvieto today and go see, occasionally see the corporal that you can see the blood marks on the corporal. They'll bring it out occasionally, yeah, it used to be on the Feast of Corpus Christi. It used to be out year round. And then it's in a, it's in a back chapel in the cathedral, beautiful church, the Duomo there, uh, the facade has just, tons and tons of statues so it's not painted or mosaic it's like a statue um facade there's mosaic it's mosaic too. well it's yeah, mosaic yeah. too but there's like a lot of statues it's like it's like multimedia yeah. it's it's fantastic john the yeah. 23rd supposedly said at the end of the world that angels would take it to heaven because it was that beautiful wow okay yeah it's i think it's one of the most beautiful church facades of any church yeah for sure yeah. i agree um, but it's in a back chapel in this church, and it used to be on display year-round above the altar. And then I guess it was seven years ago they realized it wasn't holding up so well, so they decided to close the reliquary it's in. So it's not on display. Um, they bring it out three times a year, the octave of Easter, Christmas, and Corpus Christi. And then... Sometimes, if you get the right person, uh, the right priest in the sacristy, he'll open it up for people to let them take a quick peek. Uh, but it is kind of odd and disappointing that they would do that because it's the big draw to the town. Yeah. And to. Yeah. Like you could have know. mass in that chapel and you're like, oh, behind those doors is the relic. <laughs> yeah. But it's behind those doors up right. there. <laughs> you're not going to see it. It's back it's there. Not, Trust yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you are ever in the vicinity in Corpus Christi, um, you know, you, you can celebrate Corpus Christi in Rome, but you can also celebrate Corpus Christi in Orvieto. And so both times I was over there, uh, we would go, we went to Orvieto for the Sunday feast and it is absolutely incredible. So the, the relic and the Eucharist are processed throughout the entire town. 
um, the entire town shows up for this. Like, this is their day. And we talked in our episode on Siena about the different neighborhoods and the Contrada and the, the, the kind of loyalty and fierce dedication to their neighborhoods. And the same thing is in Siena. You have kind of these different neighborhoods and they have their flags and their colors and they all show up for the, the procession. And so you really feel like you're in a medieval procession. Everybody's in costume. Um, the different guilds are there with their big banners. There's enormous tapestries that show the different stages of the story. And they're carried by like eight men because they're so big. And the procession goes all throughout the town. And there's um, loudspeakers throughout the town where Gregorian chant is played and the story is told and there's prayers prayed. It's just stunning. And then the Eucharist, it's all for Jesus. And so this whole big procession, I mean, the procession lasts like two hours. The whole big procession winds around this little amazing medieval town. And the Eucharist is at the end. And you see that it's all for Jesus. And the Eucharist stops at different churches. Like there'll be like a a cloistered community along the way. And so the priest takes the Eucharist to go visit the sisters. And they read the gospel of the virgins with their lighted lamps. And it's just amazing. It's it's so stunning. And at the end, the benediction takes place on the church steps. So... It's just beautiful to see. I mean, most of these people are probably just like, yeah, we're dressed up in our old finery and, you know, but <laughs> to know it's all for Jesus is just so powerful. So highly, highly recommend going to Orvieto for Corpus Christi. I should do that sometime. I've never been. You definitely should. I'm, I'm assuming they're not doing it this Sunday because of COVID, know. but... Processions are happening. Who knows? Yeah. It's, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. It's really incredible. Yeah. So highly recommend it. Okay. So I'll, twenty I'll years that. ago, twenty years ago, this weekend I was there. Wow, it's a long time ago, Joni. It's a long time ago. That was the first time. So yeah, so it's a beautiful feast day. Um, and it's a beautiful town. Um, we always take groups there when we're like between Rome and Assisi. We usually stop there. I've had a couple overnights there, and that's really nice, too. Oh, that's yeah. neat. Yeah. The first time I went, actually, it was in 19... No, it was in 2000? 2000. It was my first solo trip to Italy. And I heard about it, so I went. And I got a hotel that was right on the the piazza where the Duomo is. Mm. So my window overlooked the facade. Yeah, it was really nice. I stayed there for two nights and it was right around the time of Carnivale and the town was just, everybody was out. I'd never experienced anything like that before, but everyone was out. Kids were throwing candy and it was just it was like shoulder to shoulder people like winding through the streets, not in a procession, but like just out having fun, like <laughs> going different ways. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. I had so much fun on that trip. Um, but yeah, so we usually take groups there. We stop, we celebrate mass. Um, but it's fun because it's, it's a hill town. And so it's built at the very top of this hill. And so to get there, the bus drops us off at the bottom and we have to take a funicular so an inline cable car up and it's, it's like a 60, 90 second ride or something. Um, people always kind of freak out cause it's, 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 it's fun. pretty steep. It's, I mean, you stay flat, yeah. you stay 
on an even ground, but um, yeah, it's fun. And then you have to get on a little bus and drops you off right at the Duomo. And there's lots of good shopping up there. They're known for their Eucharistic miracle, their wine or Vieto Classico, <laughs> and their ceramics. They have tons Potter, of ceramics yeah. and leather. So you can get a lot of leather, like purses and jackets, belts. So it's a great place to stop, great place to visit, good food. I love There's a nice little gelateria by the Duomo. Yeah, there is. There's a good sandwich a shop I always gelaterias. go to. That sandwich shop is really good too. A couple yeah. good cafes. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been. I guess February of what year was that? Wow. 20, 2020. 2020? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a nice little town just to kind of wander the streets um, and just kind of pop into shops and enjoy kind of going back in time a little bit. Um, yeah. Even if you're not there when everyone's dressed in medieval dress, you still feel like you're going back in time. Yeah. Kind of like Sienna and Assisi. Yeah, and it, but it's so small. Like Assisi it's is tiny. big yeah. compared to Orlando. Yeah. So it's like there's a main street and then it turns and that's it. And there's some little side roads, but that's pretty much the the whole area you would see as a visitor. Yeah. So it's very easy to do. And it's only, I think by train, 45 minutes to an hour from Rome. So it's very close. Yeah, it's very doable. Yeah. And that's, and it's like we said, it's on the kind of the way from Assisi. So it's very doable to kind yeah. of just stop. We're on the Florence line, Rome to Florence line. It passes through Orieto. So no excuse not to visit. That's right. Good. Yeah. Well, that's Orvieto and Corpus yeah, Christi. Yeah, happy feast at Corpus Christi. We covered so everything pretty fast. Yeah. Very efficient. It's a good little story. Yeah. It's a good story. It's a good feast. So celebrate it. Most of us will be celebrating it this Sunday. And then it's back to ordinary time Sundays. Yeah. Oh, I have a little update. Okay. So when I moved to Rome, I I went to Mass at different churches trying to find like my perfect mass because you know we have nearly a thousand churches i was sure i could find something what i wanted was the you know the novus novus ordu mass but very pious with a little latin mixed in um <laughs> and i found it today after all this time because oh. wow i mean in rome you get there's like the latin church there's different Orthodox churches, so you can find very pious masses. But I want to sure. just like regular—I say regular, but you know, regular mass, the ordinary form, the, the ordinary form mass, um, but piously done. And it turns out it's a church that's like two minutes away from where I live. Wow. It's Our Lady of the Annunciation, which we talked about before. When we talked about the Borgo episode. It's the mm -hmm. one that's just off Conciliazione. And okay. if you're if, towards the river? Yeah, right by the river, right by the bridge that you would cross. Okay. And so we went this morning, seven AM, and it was exactly what I wanted. It was perfect. Did they celebrate Corpus Christi? Just kidding. No, they celebrated the uh, <laughs> no. the martyr of Thursday the day. of Oh yeah. no. Yeah. Charles Lawanga. Yeah. 
yeah. but even wow. commun- even communion, uh, the priest has kneelers out, so you have to receive kneeling and on the tongue. Just what you always wanted. Yeah. I mean, I still like in Italian. It was in Italian, but he used a it lot was of Italian, Latin. Yeah. Latin, and the Eucharistic yeah. prayer was like super slow, like very intentional. He did the Roman Canon, and wow. it was just, and it's been right there all along. There's a lesson in that sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's right under our nose, right? But you know, a lot of the churches, it's like anywhere else. You know, you've got a priest wearing sneakers or something, and yeah, I don't know which. Well, hopefully, he has mass fine. there every day. Yeah, it's I. He yeah, it's the priest that's always there. Anyway, I found my my new mass, so I was happy about that. Eight years later. Yep. Or however long it's been. with my parents, and when you walk in on the right, there's a statue of Saint Michael. My dad's name is Michael, and on the left, there's a statue of Saint Teresa. My mom's name is Teresa, and it was. so I didn't realize this, but the church is actually new. It was built in the 1900s after Mussolini destroyed everything. and Oh, right. Destroyed the Borgo. But there was a church called Sant'Angelo, which was in the wall. Uh, not It was in the Passetto wall. And it was called Sant'Angelo so for St. Michael or the, the castle. And so they took all the stuff from that church and put it into this church. So they have okay. some of the artwork from there and some of the altars and statues. So I don't know. I kind of like that connection. Because I remember we talked about how there were like eight churches to St. Michael within like the city block. Yeah, that's one of them. Or the and other so one. That's was one, one of them. them. But yeah. And so now, yeah. now they're like, well, Michael has a church, so we'll give it to Raphael and name it the Annunciation. Right. Or I mean, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Silly. Silly, Joni. Gabriel. I'm, I'm sure I have Ra- Raphael in the mind. I'm the sure mind Raphael did something with the Annunciation. Yeah, he not was not the original one, but like a painting of it. Oh, yeah, you're talking about a different Raphael. Goodness gracious! Oh my! I goodness. was thinking. I, I thought you were talking about the artist. <laughs> we're just a mess. Well, because I was thinking like Leonardo da Vinci's well, right. Annunciation, and you said Raphael's sure. Annunciation, and I was thinking the yeah. artist. But you're thinking. But I was the, thinking the Archangel yeah. Gabriel Michael. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Well, that's why we have an edit button. Anybody still listening? <laughs> <laughs> you never edit out my mistakes. I, I, like I, and the, a couple episodes ago, I was like, "Oh, you can edit that out." And then I was listening back to the episode. And I'm like, "Oops, he didn't edit that out." Oh, I didn't know you listened. But that's why people love us. Oh, you don't think I listen? Yeah, huh. I didn't know you listened. Now that I, I know, I li- yeah, now you have yeah. to edit out my mistakes. Right? No, I think people like the fact that we make mistakes. Good. Yeah. I, okay. All right, well. Okay. Sounds good, everyone. Thanks, Mountain. Thanks, Choni. Happy feast day. And, I mean, on Sunday. Or and today, depending where you live. Or today. That's right. My, there are some places that probably still celebrate. My calendar here says it's Corpus Christi in the Vatican. Okay. So I guess And we have Pope, lots of listeners who follow the traditional calendar, too. Yeah, so maybe the Pope is doing the mass Sunday for the Italians. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't keep up. If you could go to daily mass at St. Peter's, you could figure it out, but you know, they stopped that. Yeah, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 what was I going to say? Uh, Oh, have you seen the, the 
last few masses in St. Peter's? Like, like the, the, big the papal masses? masses? Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched them all the way through, but I've seen highlights. Like, it's there's people. The people. All the way there's back. The people. They set yeah. chairs up all the way back. They're spaced out, but... Like the church looks full again. Which looks really nice. I was like, I wouldn't mind sitting in that chair really far away from everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to miss the distancing, aren't you? I miss (laughs) it. I went to a concert last night and it was the very first live music show, like concert in Nashville at this certain venue that's a famous Nashville venue. It was the first one in 444 days. And they had to move it inside because of the weather and they were going to have it outside. So we were inside in a closed space and there were people all around and I wasn't scared of getting COVID. I just didn't want people touching me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. What happened to that personal space that I've gotten really used to? So, yeah. so personal space is gone. Yeah. It was crazy. Like I looked around. First, I just wanted to take in that we were at a live music, like that we were experiencing this again. And I was really grateful for it. And everybody acknowledged it. Everybody was really good. Um, like, we're back. It's, it's really good. Um, don't take it for granted. But then I thought, but I was taking my personal space for granted. <laughs> so, but that's okay. Can't have everything. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, Mountain. Thanks, listeners. And thanks, we people. will catch you next Thursday. Yep. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.